Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. For the last four years, we've talked about how to accumulate money. Today, let's talk about giving it all away. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to think about it. You are listening to episode 428. And today we're going to talk about considering charity or philanthropy. But before we do that, let me introduce our announcer. Bring him on in. Hey, Nick, how you doing? David Hagen, how you doing, bud? Good, good good to see you, man. You're coming to us from San Diego, California. After I took the bar. That's right. right. and And you got this big beard from the bar. Good for you, huh? Oh, goodness. Do not put me on blast, please. <laughs> oh, I wish I could grow a beard that thick and full. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Our engineers in Bakersfield, California, and I'm coming to us from Oslo, Norway. What? Oh, whoa, anyway. whoa, 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 whoa. You're in Norway, Dave? I thought you were in Topanga. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm in Norway. Doesn't that sound like I'm in Norway? Um, I mean, you know what? We're on Zoom these days. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. All right, all right. I just wanted to <laughs> you see jokester. if you were paying attention. I just wanted to play with you a little bit and see if you were, you were paying attention. But let's get down to business because we got some good stuff today. You know, uh, four years ago we talked about five steps to financial success, and those steps were, you know, number one, get rid of the cards, and we and we talked about that in episode 103 and. Step two, we talked about knowing your flow, what comes in and what comes out each month. We talked about that in episode 104. And then we talked about the next step being eliminating debt. And we talked about three different ways to do it in episode 105, 106, 107. And then step four, we talked about creating an emergency fund. And we talked about that in episode 108. And we revisited a year later in episode 222. And we talked about the the sheer peace of mind, joy of having an emergency fund. And then the fifth step to financial success, we talked about putting 15% into savings. And, you know, back then we called it retirement, uh, but now we've kind of evolved and we call it being financially independent. And then we said, hey, once you do these five things, you can do whatever you want, but you have a plan. And this year here now in year four, we're talking about three things that you might want to consider once you've hit the first five essential points. Because once you've done the first five things, you've righted the ship. You're on even keel. You're moving forward. But what are some three things that you could think about or consider once you've attained that position? And the first one is, two weeks ago, we talked about consider housing, episode 426. And we said it's only always an element of your financial plan. And we talked about, hey, maybe you want to own a house or if if you're wealthy, you want to have money to generate interest so that you can pay the rent. Last week, we talked about considering education and we talked about paying for your kids' education potentially. 
and using money that's saved and compounded to pay for an education rather than paying for it with a loan, which is what most Americans are doing these days. Even we talked about the fact, hey, maybe what you want to do is save some money for yourself in case you want some more education somewhere down the line. And we talked about the fact that we really dig the 529 plan as a really good vehicle to, to do that. Well, this is the third thing I want to consider. This is the third week in a row. And, and this week I want to talk about considering philanthropy. I want to think about charity. I want to think about giving your money away. Now, why would you want to do this? Here we've talked about four years about saving money, living a little under your means, capturing that money, putting that money in an account or a couple of accounts and letting it grow to your advantage. Why would you want to start giving it away? Well, I can think of a whole bunch of reasons. Um, first and foremost, I think that charity or philanthropy is the capstone of your financial plan, of your wellness plan. You've got all your ducks in a row and now you can start using that to give away, to help other people get their ducks in a row potentially. So I think that this is like the crowning event of a successful financial plan. Another reason why- no, Dave, 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 let yeah. me ask you this. Does that mean that before I'm financially independent, I should be contributing to philanthropies? Well, it depends upon your, your point of view. It depends upon whether it's important to you. But I think so. I think that you can take these three things that we've talked about. And I think they're optional things. But I think that they're important things. And I think that most people are going to want to do these three things if they really start to think it through. I'm hoping that our listeners are now becoming very thoughtful, deliberate types of people financially. And this is something that they're going to want to do. Yeah, you want to make sure that you got the first five things completely put in place, completely um, on your way before you start thinking about the three optional things. But I don't, I don't think you need to say, well, I need $5 million in the bank before I start pursuing something in, in terms of philanthropy. So, I mean, that's my thinking on it. Another reason why you want to do it, um, hey, if you are past the first five steps, that means that you are doing pretty good. So why not give some back? Why not pay it forward? Why not share some with others? Another reason to do it, we talked about four or five weeks ago about how people that give away money experience more pleasure than those that actually receive gifts. I guess the old saying says, it's better to give than to receive. Or maybe you know, maybe the saying is, don't worry, give money. I don't know. But people seem to experience more pleasure in giving away money. Another reason to do it, it's great to help people in need. It's great if you can do it. It's important if you can do it, but it's wonderful to be able to help uh, others in need. Another reason, hey, you get a tax deduction. Now, I think that that's overplayed. Everything that we talk about always has this overlay of you know, taxes kind of get a deduction as an advantage or this or that. But if you can get a tax deduction for doing the right thing, boom, that's just phenomenal. Another reason to do it, I think it brings more meaning to your life. If you're able to go out there and give money to causes that are important to you, and everybody's got different things that are important to them. But if you can put more meaning, you can put more financial oomph to an entity that 
you think is important, I think that that brings more meaning to your to your life. Another reason to do it, you can promote generosity in your children. And I think that's a lesson you should teach your children by example. If you can teach your children, your heirs to be generous, I think that that enhances your legacy and enriches their lives as well. Another reason to do it, you motivate friends and family. You know, I think it's a great thing when you're giving some money away and people say, hey, I'll, or you say, hey, I'll match that donation. And that way you're able to multiply the impact of the kinds of uh, charitable contributions that you're making. Dave, I love this idea. Uh, I'm actually going to um, contribute my time and work for the junior blind. And I actually met Stevie Wonder there surprisingly. And I think it's a great cause. And I don't think of any better cause that I can contribute my time to. What do you think? A couple things. One, um, you're talking about the foundation for the junior blind. Correct. Killer, killer entity. I remember years ago, we attended an event and um, really, really powerful stuff, really meaningful stuff. And and exactly. And secondly, I think that you you make an interesting point. We're talking about uh, donating or contributing dollars, but there's also time and people can contribute dollars or time. We're going to spend most of our time on this podcast talking about dollars, but time is also something that I think is, is a very important thing that you can contribute to, um, you know, to, to charity. So another reason why you might want to consider um, charitable contributions is it focuses your attitude of gratitude. Now, you might remember back in episode 144, a long three years ago, pre-COVID, we were talking about an attitude of gratitude and how having that was actually to your benefit. So there's a way to get back on some of these um, charitable contributions. It actually enhances your life in addition to enhancing the lives of others. And finally, you know, I think it's self-regenerating. I think it's self-refreshing. I remember um, a speaker that I was listening to probably 20 years ago, good friend of mine was giving a talk in front of a bunch of lawyers. And this fellow was from a a very well-known prophet here in, in Southern California. And he was saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm talking in front of a bunch of businessmen, but I got to tell you, you really should get involved in some kind of philanthropy because it is, self-regenerating it is self-motivating it is self-refreshing and if nothing else do yourself a favor and empower yourself forget about the the uh, you know the the motives behind the nonprofit do yourself a favor make yourself more powerful and get yourself involved in in some kind of um, charity so I think there's all sorts of reasons for for doing it I mean we could go on and on and on but Uh, I think that charity, philanthropy is a great thing to do. And when you've done the first five things in our plan for financial success, and when you have then looked at the three optional things, the first two of the three things, uh, being education and and being housing, then you're in a position to start thinking about, "Hmm, what do I do? What do I do for, for charity? What do I do for philanthropy? Well, Dave, how about this? How about I put a challenge to our listeners? How do you feel about that? I can dig it. Let's say um, we get 10 emails 
by next week. Mm-hmm. Let's say you contribute a hundred bucks to your favorite charity. How about that? Okay. And I tell you what, I'll match dollar for dollar. It's got to be up to a 501c3 charity, obviously. And I'll match dollar for dollar anyone that sends in um, an email telling us about a charitable contribution that they've made. How about that? Let's do it. Yeah, that 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 could get expensive, but <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right. So we've talked about the why of this charitable contribution. Let's talk about the how. How do you go about doing this? Well, first of all, I think you got to have a plan. You could just give away $5, $10, $100, $500 here and there. But that's kind of the, the shotgun approach to philanthropy. I think you need to have a plan. And I think you need to start with what are your goals and, and what are your interests? Or maybe the other way around. What are your interests and your goals? What interests you? What is important to you? I wrote a, um, a trust for a woman one time. And what was important to her was a group that we called kind of jokingly, the blind dogs. And this was a group that trained dogs for blind people. And she thought that they had done good stuff and had seen them over time. And she gave a considerable portion of her estate when she passed to what we called the blind dogs. But she took the time to step back, think about it, look at her interests, come up with some goals, and ended up giving some money away to the the blind dogs. Second thing... I think you need to write out a plan. You know, how are you going to go about doing this? Sure. You could give a hundred here. You could give a hundred there, but I think it's more powerful if you go about doing this pursuant to a comprehensive plan that's based upon your interests and, and goals. You know, I just recently came across a great workbook that was published by the Charles Schwab people. And, you know, it's two, three hours worth of work, but it starts out with what interests you? What are your goals? Why do you want to give money away? And if you think about that, I think it becomes that much more powerful. So go to the Schwab website and and look for, um, you know, their workbook on um, charitable contributions. Secondly, I think you need to do your research. I think it's your duty to do the research. Um, it, it's easy to just give some money, you know, here and there again. But I think if you do your research and if you're giving your money, if you're giving your after-tax dollars um, to some type of entity where you don't know the people personally, I think you owe it to yourself. You owe it to the organization um, to research the entity. And one of the things that you want to look at is what percentage of the money that they receive goes to their mission. The other side of that is what percentage goes to overhead. And if you've got an entity that um, has too much overhead, if they've got too many corporate types that are bringing down big salaries and the money's not going to the mission, well, you need to rethink that. I remember years ago, um, I came across some folks and, and they were doing, you know, give us your car and we'll sell it and give the money to charitable causes for kids. And they thought this was a great money raising or a great income raising um, opportunity because 99% of the money that came in went to their salaries and they could still cause themselves a charity because 1% was going to the cause. 
But I thought that was a pretty shallow analysis, a pretty selfish analysis, frankly. So the generally accepted rule of thumb, uh, if a nonprofit is doing well, is if it's overhead, which is a combination of administrative and fundraising expenses, remains at 25% or less. And a thoughtful, well-run charity will strive to meet this 25% um, overhead. And of course, that means 75% is going to the, the mission. Um, but interestingly enough, the average overhead expense on nonprofits nationwide is 32%. So they've got some work to do there, but they're still doing great stuff. Now, there's an outfit called Charity Navigator, and they list their top 20 high impact um, organizations. And these are people that give 99% of their money to the cause. So these are people that are running extremely thin. And I think some of these deserve a quick little shout out. The International Children's Fund, 99.7% goes to the cause. The Food Bank of Southern California, 99.6%. I'm liking that being a Southern California guy. Uh, CIS Development Foundation, 99%. Kids in Need Foundation, 99%. Delivering Good, 99%. Books for Africa, 99%. The list goes on and on and on. But these are entities that are running real lean and mean. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's pretty good. Now, here's another idea. Don't just give money, but create a fund. Don't just give out $100 chunks, $500 chunks at the end of every year. Create a fund, create a legacy, and then give away the interest each year. Yes, there's tax advantages to doing it one way or another. But again, I think tax advantages are oversold. Here's the big takeaway from this week, it seems to me, besides the importance of some kind of charitable contribution. And that is a donor advised fund, DAF. This is key to me. So what you do is you go over to your local brokerage and you tell them you want to set up a donor advised fund. They give you a couple forms, you sign it. You put your money in there or some money in there. You make future contributions. You're parting with that money forever. Now, you can invest that money. And you know how to invest it now. We've talked about ETFs, trying to get 10% over a long period of time. And that interest, that growth is free. So that means every year, if you decide to handle it this way, you could give away the interest, just the growth. You could trim just the growth off the corpus of this money and give it away forever. Think about that. You've got a fund with your name on it or the I like trees fund or whatever you want to call it. And the interest that it generates, you can give away forever. You could also delve into the corpus if you want. And the money will eventually run out. But if you leave the principal in there, if you contribute to it every year, if you let the interest accumulate, if you let it compound using Edison's wonder of the world, compound interest, then in some amount of years, you'll have a large sum in there and the interest off of that you can give away forever. Let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, you build up some money over time in this fund, and now there's a million bucks. 
Now, it's going to take you some time to get a million bucks in a, a debtor advi- a donor advice fund. But if you're getting 10%, that fund's going to yield $100,000 a year that you and your heirs and your heirs and your heirs can give away to a nonprofit forever. Think about that. That's incredible. And I think this is a great tool for kids to teach kids about the importance of charitable contributions. In fact, one of the things that I thought would be cool would be to give a child a Christmas present that says, look, um, we're going to set aside $20,000, $10,000, interest from this fund. And they don't need to know how much is in there, but there's this piece of interest and you have to do the work of researching the charity and you will get to give away that money. And what a great object lesson for a kid to have to do that research, to understand the power of compound interest and to get involved in some charitable pursuits. Now, the good thing about this fund is that you can give it away to a different group every year. You can split it up every year. You can go wherever you want. It does have to be a tax-free charity, a 501c3 charity but you can change it all the time. Another good thing about this concept, very low overhead. In fact, what's the overhead on a donor advised fund? Pretty much zero, because you are making the calls on the investments. Now there are some limitations on the investments if you're the person making the shots, but basically no overhead, no overhead. Where do you set these up? You can set these up at any brokerage house, the Schwab Fidelity, any of those people. You go in and say, I want a DAF, donor advised fund, and they'll help you set it up, sign a couple pages, and you're off to the races. You put money in there every year. You watch it grow from your investments. And then when it's to the amount that you want, every single year, you're able to give away the interest or any amount you want out of it. Forever. Well, unless the money's depleted, but basically forever. What a cool thing. What a cool legacy. What an opportunity to teach your kids. I think this is a a great, great thing. Now, um, the other thing that's interesting is the money that's in there because it's growing tax-free is going to be a larger amount. But the year that you make the contribution or the contributions that you make each year are tax-free. So, Um, a good portion of the money that is in that account growing is money that might have otherwise been spent by the government because, you know, they spend their money so wisely. Why not take some of that money and put it towards a nonprofit, put it towards a charity um, that you would like? It makes such total sense, but you got to do it pursuant to a plan. You got to do it pursuant to a long-term plan. But what a great thing to to leave behind to your kids and your kids' kids and kids' kids' kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's another thought. You know, the year that you make the contribution, you get the deduction. So if you have a year where you have a particularly high income, maybe you got a bonus or, you know, maybe some other event happened where you, you got a large amount of income, what you contribute to your donor advised fund will be paid for half by the government if you're in a 50% tax bracket, state and federal. So now you've got the government paying for the, the other part of that too and helping you to create your legacy. That seems to me like it's kind of a win-win um, situation. 
Now, if you do this and you're giving away money to, to entities, they start to take notice and they may invite you to special things, special events. They may want to um, introduce you to other special uh, donors, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all very nice and it's great for your ego, but it can also be, you know, it can be kind of embarrassing too. So um, you have to think about how much you want to be uh, public or private with that. But Dave, shouldn't you keep that in private, like in secret? Well, you know, I think it varies from, from person to person. My, my rule of thumb is, um, you know, I don't think it should be done in secret, but I think it should be um, done quietly. You know, I've been in circumstances where I've seen people stand up in groups and, and announce their, their charitable benevolence and their, their, their willingness to do good works. And um, I don't know, I'm not comfortable with that. I've also seen people that go to great efforts to hide their name, big secret, don't tell anybody. And I don't know if that's <laughs> necessary, you know? I mean, it's not, it's not a secret, but my mama always taught me to do good works um, in, in private. So well, I, I, I think it's a good idea to do it quietly. That's, that's my personal opinion. Well, Dave, what about an annuity? Well, you know, I, I think an annuity is a good opportunity to, well, as everybody knows, an annuity is a contract um, with a company, an insurance company typically, to pay a certain amount of money every month if you make a big payment up front. And I think that that's good. I like that. But I also think that it's not quite as flexible, especially if the, the charity kind of morphs or changes over the years. So I'm not as fond of that i like being able to make those contributions every year i like the thought of almost being pestered by the need to make those decisions and those contributions every year um, and i think that that's a better way to go so that i mean that that's my opinion that's my opinion all right well let's wrap this up a little bit we've talked about a lot of stuff um, point number one uh, charity or philanthropy is the capstone to your financial wellness. Number two, um, you do it for the good of society, but you also do it for your own good. Number three, do your research. It's your duty. If you're giving away your money, do your duty and pick a cause. Pick a cause that you believe in. Make your philanthropy according to plan. And finally, consider a DAF. Consider that donor advised fund. It's a way to build money up. It's a way to create a legacy. Look at that, Nick. We're out of time and we are not going to do some emails. Any closing thoughts or comments there? Dave, you know what? I just wish you the best. I am happy my move went well. Thank you for asking. And um, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, you know, I just wish the best to uh, your family and mine. All right. Sounds good. Hey, next week, tune in because we're going to talk about another uh, episode that we're working on. We are going to talk about some career tips while you're working at home. So tune in next week. Check it out. This is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. 
You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails.